Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Pedagogy Matters podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to bring to the fore some key topics of conversation in relation to learning and teaching, to discuss, to break down aspects of practice and provide snippets, advice and guidance as to how to integrate these into our daily practice. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Dr Gary Husband, lecturer in professional education leadership at Stirling University. Gary, how are you? I'm all right, thanks very much. Thanks for the introduction. How are you? I'm great, thanks. I'm just jealous and quite envious of, of the snow that you have current in your your current location. I'm sitting here on probably half a centimetre, whereas it looks like you've got six foot by a sound of it. <laughs> uh, not quite, but if it keeps going the way it is, we might have a, a, a snowman. We're in snowman territory if we get another hour of this. Ah, that, 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 there's worse places to be right now. There's worse places to be. So, Gary, thanks for joining me. And today we're going to be talking around the topic of, of mentoring, you know, which I think is a, a topic very, I would say, close to your heart and very much an interest of your own. It is, it is, yeah, something I've um, uh, worked worked as a mentor, um, written about, researched, uh, and particularly in further education. So, yeah, definitely something that I'm delighted to uh, be invited to come and have a chat with you about today. No, that's great. I'm not sure about yourself, but I guess my my initial views around mentoring is that it's it's something which is viewed as a, a totally different entirety and is i'm going to say using it in a, in a tiny niche within a sector actually it might not be the case you know it could be much more than than that in, in the world of mentoring and actually what mentoring is so i think what might, be, what might be useful to start is i guess what does mentoring mean to you what is mentoring a bit of information on that if that's okay with you gary yeah okay um so well there's 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 lots of different um types of, of mentoring but i suppose if you were to distill it down uh, I'd say fundamentally, mentoring really is the forming of a uh, a professional relationship where one person is able to guide and support um, someone else, and that can be to get you know meet specific goals or you know make certain achievements or whatever. But um, when you start to think about um, ideas around formal mentoring and informal mentoring, uh, actually, you know, it's it, it's far more prevalent than you than you might think. No, I think absolutely right. I think. The two words you mentioned there is that kind of professional relationship to support and guide. You know, I think if we sit back and reflect around all the, the, the wide variety of roles within Scotch colleges, you know, mentoring really is and should be abundant in each and every role. It's just how we do it and how we, you know, as you touched upon there in terms of formal and informal, how we draw that through and where it's relevant, where it's appropriate. So I, I guess we'll talk about kind of um the formal and informal probably a good place to start so i guess what's the difference between the two okay so i mean when i suppose i mean i could probably um more usefully talk about this just through using the lens of some research i did um so i mean i looked looked at how um lecturers were using their um, initial teacher education, whether that's PGCE or TQFE or whatever, a yep. number of years down the line and what impact that had on their own professional learning. And in, in doing that research, I got to go to a number of different colleges and talk to a number of different people. Uh, and obviously the, you know, the results are varied, but one of the common themes that came out um, was this idea that um, mentoring seemed to be the glue that held the organization together but no one actually knew that 
Um, so yes, of course, there was formal mentoring in place, and you know, in lots of organisations, um, some people had you know formal mentoring programs for new members of staff, new colleagues to teams in whatever role they were in. Others weren't so good at that, um, but nevertheless, those individuals found themselves being mentored. And I, and I know when I um, first moved to Scotland um, from Wales, I'd been teaching in Wales and did my training there for, for a number of years. Um, I took a, a, an engineering job, teaching engineering in, in Edinburgh, what was Dulanes College. Um, I stepped into a role that somebody had vacated rather quickly, um, which meant that there wasn't time for induction and it was mid-semester and so on and so forth. And I leapt in and I was expecting to have, you know, some mentoring from someone, but it, wasn't, it just wasn't there. It was hit the ground running. You told us you could do this job, get on with it. So I, I, I hit the ground running and really all the support and mentoring came from the colleagues that were around me that were an established team and had been there for many, many, many years. Uh, I mean, bless him, one of, the, one of the guys who worked there at the time had been there 30 years. Yeah. Now, if you're going to be mentored by anyone, you need to sort of uh, embed you into an organization in terms of practices, cultures, you know, where things are, who does what, how it works, then you're not going to get anyone better than that. And then eventually I was availed of a bit of formal mentoring by which point my colleagues had really put me in a position where I could operate anyway. Um, so, I mean, it was there's, there's this sort of idea when I was looking at other colleges and recognizing the fact that this informal mentoring is happening uh, at all levels of organizations where people are supporting each other. And actually when it's absent, it's quite obvious because then you start to have what could people might define as um, sort of uh, relational issues within teams. Um, so that's, that's a different thing altogether. Um, but then also there were, were these formal um, routes, which were the areas really that the research suggested could be improved on um, for, for various reasons, which we can go into after if you'd like. No, I think that sounds fantastic. It's really interesting. And, and yeah, you're absolutely right in terms of the informal side and, and whether people would call this mentoring or not. You know, it is mentoring in terms of can that support from your peers. I remember a former colleague of mine said, look, the first year in teaching or the first year in your organization is where you find out what to do and what not to do. You know, and that comes from that mentoring side. And yeah, it's, it's kind of lots of interesting practices there. So you, you touched upon the research there. And so kind of what, what are the core elements of research or what are the core snippets that have came out really from, from your work around how we can make this really effective, whether yeah. informal or formal? Okay. And um, that, that's a, that's a, a great question. Um, so uh, I looked, I mean, in that particular piece of research, I looked at two very, very large um, multi-campus post-merger colleges. They were, you know, big beasts. Both of them had 20,000 plus students and 1,000 plus staff. Yeah. Um, one of the organizations um, had from a very early stage in its sort of uh, in a way amalgamated from different organizations had taken to the the center of the organization this idea of induction uh, mentoring um, early intervention training um, you know for all you know all staff that came to work in the organization whether they were teaching whether they were in you know working in the in the Johnny's office or whatever it was they would do um, and that that support and formalized learning was structured through various different departments. So clearly in the first instance, it was it was HR who were instigating this contractually. Um, then there was union involvement in relation to what um, the sort of support and development was was in place. So that was it was negotiated and very much a very positive relationship in that respect. 
uh, and then you've got um, support from um, organization development then you had support from faculty and all of the different key stakeholders had an involvement in the in the transition through training and development of um, each individual that came to the organization now clearly it's not going to be a you know a shining beacon of excellence for every single person but largely speaking when you spoke to those individuals a number of years later they'd felt supported um, they'd felt inducted they'd felt welcomed um, and were able to sort of manage um, their work in the organization quite confidently knowing that they had somebody there who was a formal uh, yeah. mentor and they were mentored for two years um, so that I mean that 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 in itself a very formal sort of um, contractual structured uh, integrated lots of different departments all working together to, with the same aim which was to support the development of the individual in order to you know to improve the life of everyone in the college so that was a really really good example you know obviously with with caveats of some people fell through the gaps but then you know another organization I looked at wasn't as far um, down the line in terms of its development post merger and what you had was lots of ad hoc um, legacy things happening um, there wasn't no two people had had um, the same experience of entering an organization um, and then going on to be mentored or, or, or trained so you had lots of different levels of experience and when you looked at what was happening was none of the legacy organizations had had that distinct focus yeah. on that learning pathway and then once they'd gone into this post-merger state um, because it was somewhat, you know, there were, there were certain emergencies around it at the time. They also weren't able to focus on that as a central important factor of the organization. And as such, they were, they had a much higher staff turnover. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people weren't staying, people weren't happy, people were moving on. The relationships with stakeholders wasn't there. Um, OD thought it was theirs, HR thought it was theirs, quality thought it was theirs, um, the union clearly weren't being involved in discussions and what you ended up with was this, the individuals were being employed and nobody knew what to do and there was no formal mentoring and what happened was the slack was taken up by all the people who were around in teams who were then informally mentoring. So two very, very different sets of experiences and a, a number of years down the line I've, I've done a bit of follow-up work um, things have improved in one organization, the latter organization, and actually things have got a bit worse in the other one. So it's kind of, it's, it's never a, a, an even playing field. But I think the fundamental point was that really, if you're going to go down the line of structured mentoring, it can't just be the focus of one department and a group yeah, of individuals. Absolutely. It has to be this structured, integrated approach throughout the whole organization. And almost, I could argue, actually, um, you know, you could begin this process before somebody works there. You know, think about how you're, you know, um, employing people. What support are you giving candidates to do the best with their CV, the best with their application? And how are you developing people from that point all the way through to when they retire? Um, you know, and that, that I think, is something that organisations could really quite usefully focus on, um, that sort of integrated um, approach across all faculties and areas. No, I think you're absolutely right. And, and I, I guess from my experience as well, I've worked across two very different colleges, you know, one which had a... I'm going to say 100, 150 staff, sorry, lecturing staff, and another which had 500 lecturing staff. You know, and, and I guess what you can and cannot do in each of those colleges is very different as well in terms of the size and the volume of managers and the culture and, and those yeah. elements there as well. And I was fortunate that my first organisation, albeit very small, as in I probably had four members of staff, a senior leadership team, a range of heads of department. So there was no formal mentoring, but because 
uh, practices were ingrained and, and the managers had a very consistent vision and culture that mentoring happened informally across the different tiers and we support that. Whereas then when you go into a bigger organization, it's got to be a lot more, I'm going to say rigid, it's got to be a lot more formal because otherwise then you'll get a lot of different nuances around how different people interpret either what they do or, or what they don't do. But no, I think there's some really interesting points there around, well, irrespective, there's got to be some kind of clear process. There's got to be clear ownership as to where it sits and, and I guess who's responsible, but in the same breath, everyone's responsible for, for living and breathing this, but ultimately it comes back to different um, aspects of accountability and ownership behind the scenes, would you say? Yes, I mean there is a <clears throat> there is definitely um, a strong element of that. I mean, informal mentoring is going to happen, whatever. Um, you know, that's all, and that that that's the nature of of you know humans coming together to work in a in a group, uh, a successful group. Everyone will support each other. Um, we 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 will go into what non-successful um, groupings look like. But um, the idea around um, formalized structure is it, it is of course very very important, and it and it does sit at the heart of you know organized um mentoring programs in organizations but what's actually really important still is that relationship um you know so when i I remember my first um mentor um my first first job working in fe actually the individual had been um, prior to that had taught me uh, a couple of years before um so there was this shift in um, relationship that needed to happen Uh, and we're still mates now i mean this is you know well over a decade down the line but there was initially a shift in relationship between him as teacher and me as pupil uh, or student and then into colleague a, a colleague and colleague relationship but him still with that um you know mandated pathway that he was you know he was asked if he would do it but it was also a part of his role as a senior yeah. lecturer to support a junior member of staff coming into the organization and actually he, he was very skillful at at um balancing the requirements of the of what he was being asked to do as a mentor clearly there was a formal process involved uh, but also um the relationship between us as colleagues which developed into friendship um and also my needs uh, i mean i I've always i mean I'm, i was quite able when i you know when i went in I'd, I'd had a history of you know mountain leadership you know guiding people on um bikes large groups and whatever so you know i wasn't new to group instruction um but also you know was quite a competent engineer so there were certain aspects of things he didn't need to worry about too much but he's still there he still guided me and where he was able to sort of develop um me was in terms of the formalities of 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 teaching um in further education you know curriculum modules you know all that kind of stuff i had no clue about Uh, and he realized that quickly so he was very skilled and i think it comes down to um, you know that relationship being reflexive, responsive, supportive, developmental, but also enabling the mentee um, to be able to say, actually, I'm quite comfortable with some of this stuff, but I need to focus here. Yeah. And I think that's a core aspect of good mentoring relationships: is the mentee is able to drive um, focus within that structured environment. No, I think you're absolutely right there. And I think when it comes back to being a mentor and a mentee, whether it's formal or informal, I think. What hopefully listeners will kind of consider and reflect and think is important is it, it doesn't necessarily matter how it's done, whether I think it's formal, informal, written down, not written down, but it's got to be effective. It's got to do what it says on its end, so to speak. It's got to be impactful for, for both people, especially the mentee, to 
to help them improve and help them develop. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it. If that makes sense. Well, yes, it does. I mean, I, I think there's a danger for organisations that don't engage with um, formal processes because in, a, in, in an absence of leadership, um, leadership springs, you know, from the group that, that are impacted. And that's what this is. I mean, when you look at, um, you know, I gave an example there of where there was just this incredible um, peer mentoring going on. The, the teams largely, in some respects, were in survival mode and they were providing their own leadership in developing and supporting that individual because they needed the help. They needed that person to be effective. Uh, also, there was an element there of, you know, wanting to welcome them and, and, and friendliness. So, I mean, there's, there's that aspect. But the danger you've got with organisations that don't have um, you know, I'm not saying they have to have this rigid approach, but some yeah. kind of process consistent. in place yeah. to support people, a consistent place, is that they have an over-reliance on um, informal mentoring yeah. happening. And then when that when things get very stressful and that doesn't doesn't work so well because people clearly have got you know things that their own they need to do. Um, things start to not happen, the things relationships break down or things start to fail. Uh, and organizations can't really see why they don't see that they were over reliant on 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 this this on the group of people developing and supporting themselves so i mean that's an extreme example of course so i mean there there needs to be you know well, in my opinion my view view is that organizations that have um or set some stone by having you know these important um support mechanisms in place largely speaking are able to support their staff much better and not rely on that informal stuff, but that still happens anyway to an extent, if you see what I mean. No, I, I totally agree. I guess my point I was trying to kind of make was I've seen many different versions or variations of this in the past, some which are, you know, meticulously planned, you know, four or five bits of paper to complete and, and some which are, are, are planned, but a lot more ad hoc in terms of, look, just record aspects of the conversation. I, I guess that's where I was going was, it doesn't necessarily have to be war and peace. It's more about the process. It's more about being effective. You know, you talk about relationship being absolutely key bit there. You know, and I guess whenever we talk to people in colleges, it always comes back to time. It always comes back to yeah, who, who's doing it? What if I don't do it? You know, it's not that. That's not the purpose. It's about how can you develop the relationships with your lecturers or with your managers? How can you develop your next manager? That's the fundamental aspects for me that underpin effective mentoring is people understand the why and the how and then doing it. Yeah, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. And I, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from now. Um, so uh, I've, I've got, yeah, yeah, okay. So I can give examples where mentoring has, has been um, poor uh, without naming any names or organizations. But um, what's happened is, is that the person who's, who's doing the mentoring has been told they have to. They've been given a pack that's full of sheets that require signatures, and the men and the meetings were largely, um, is everything okay? Yes. Um, right. Where do we sign? Sign here, and we put that pack together and we send it away. It's not mentoring. It's it's no. it's combined form filling, uh, and the the issues there were that. Um, the, the the person wasn't a skilled mentor. They'd never been supported to be a mentor. They didn't want to be a mentor. Um, they weren't interested in developing a, a relationship. It was just another pressure on their time, which you know, which we all have. Um, and, but the process itself was deemed to be successful because a pack came back with all the signatures in the right place. Um, so mentoring was deemed to have happened, and clearly it's it's not. Yeah. Whereas you know the, what you are outlining there is you could have a much less um, structured and rigid process. Um, I mean, clearly you need to know that the you know the individuals are protected and, and um, you know oh, the relationship is healthy and happening. Um, but if you are you know 
able to trust individuals to um, develop that relationship and, and you know do it over a period of time, um, then yes, it's going to be much more successful and will look a lot more like uh, mentoring. But I mean, there are still things that can be done within mentoring relationships that sort of give a semi-formalization. You know, at the start, for example, you know you have a very clear um, conversation about the goals, what what the purpose is, um, and you know you have you know a certain um, set of not rules if you like but yeah. respect for one another in terms of what you expect and what you do and don't do and that sort of thing you know we know how to formalize relationships but that that i think is a is a is a skill and one of the issues is that um organizations sometimes don't <clears throat> don't don't spend any time or effort developing the mentors yeah. it's almost um this understand you know this idea that you, you've been teaching here for 10 years you know or you've been a leader for 10 years or whatever it is you're doing in this organization um here's here's a new person coming in you're going to mentor them uh and you know, the best one in the world it was teaching is, is, a, is a highly skilled um profession there's a distinct set of skills that that are required to be a mentor and i think you know one of the things to focus on in organizations is how you're developing mentors supporting mentors uh, and giving them the required the required um skills and knowledge to be able to support other people because it is it is a distinct set of skills no, i think that's a really interesting set of points there and i'm going to come back to you in a second and ask for any more bits that you think are, are really pertinent for mentors maybe it's to be aware of you know you touch upon trust you touch upon other aspects so i'll give you 10 or 15 seconds though i think about that as well because i guess one thing I, I want to touch upon there is, and my former colleagues hate me for saying this, but it's important that across organizations, we know the detail. And what I mean by that is not the detail of every mental relationship, but actually how effective are these things on the ground? As in, what's the perception? Is it a form-filling form approach? Is it a, a, a process whereby there's lots of saying just for sake of it? Or is it actually really effective when it's detailed? Or when it's, you know, so I think what I mean is, for colleagues engaging in mentoring or, or looking after mentoring programs, how often actually have you seen it in practice? Have you spoke to kind of people involved in the process? How can we make it even more time effective? You know, because at minutes, you know, now more than ever, people's time pressures are, are, are squeezed even more than ever. But absolutely, mentoring is a fundamental aspect across every tier within every organization, in my view, anyway. And now we'll talk about mentoring, but it's what how can we place the importance on it whilst making it highly effective, whilst meeting organizational requirements at the same time which is a really hard set of things to achieve but anyway that's going to be off my soapbox now so going back to what we were saying before <coughs> how do we make it effective so we'll talk about trust we'll talk about kind of laying out goals and expectations which i think is great any other key tips or key pointers in relation to that gary yeah yeah so i mean i'll, I'll <clears throat> come back to that in a moment but to answer the question you said before about effect, overall effectiveness uh, i touched on this at the start it's about you know, having key stakeholder involvement. I mean, I hate using words like stakeholder. It sounds like horrible business speak, but <laughs> it's a useful word in that it describes what we need. And yeah. that you've got this buy-in from lots of different um, aspects of the organization. And I mentioned their HR and OD and quality and, you know, faculty and so on and so forth. So, I mean, if you've got organizations that are able to have positive relationships where that's done in collaboration, um, then you're going to have a greater a greater impact in terms of actual relationships themselves uh i mean the men the, i touched there on you know um the training of mentors but clearly there has to be um 
in you know, sort of an in-depth experience and I'm not just going to say knowledge it's about that that having been immersed in a role for long enough to be able to absorb um, the requirements of the role the culture of the organization the to navigate you know not just physically but sort of um, you know the the different vagaries of organization somebody who's experienced and comfortable and and in that organization is it, it has the foundations for being a a good mentor um and then when you end up in a situation where you have somebody that comes in they are not just going to need to know um you know where the photocopier is and you know where you get a cup of tea etc well they're clearly important um it's who to speak to how to behave what what how certain things work you know and it's inviting people into the culture of an organization and to do that um you need to be able to develop a relationship like we've mentioned trust um between the mentor and the mentee but it's an openness and an acknowledgement from one to the other that there are um both have certain skills both have certain knowledges but the mentee um sort of is is there to try and be integrated into the organization as a whole so the mentor themselves will may want to you know open up things like networks um you know i, I know such and such is really interested in that they can speak to you it's not about being you know a lot you see a lot you see it a lot in academia sort of protectionists um because it's so competitive but actually good mentors are are they act as advocates yeah um so there's an element of ad advocacy that's involved as well um there is also to a certain extent um teaching and feedback i mean i i have a, a, a sort of a had a long-standing relationship with a, with a colleague in sterling um who i trusted you know absolutely with my writing and i would send her um you know very very experienced and extremely um uh, can't think of the word appreciated and um, well thought of professor yeah. um and um respected is the word and um i would get feedback from her on on my writing and quite often some some things are difficult you know we're all quite precious about what we produce and some things are quite difficult to to hear and you're like oh that's a bit harsh but actually if your relationship is good you can take it off that person it's kind of like banter with your best mate you can you yeah, can handle absolutely. it it's absolutely fine. So there's an element there. I can't quite articulate what I mean. Again, it's it's not quite trust. It's, it's no, but I think it's it's, it's the ability yeah. to to provide a different perspective or receive a different perspective on things. You know, and I think what yeah. what you can do to before is around you know the mentor facilitating different opportunities for learning or development, not necessarily having all the answers themselves, but having that awareness of look, yeah. here are different opportunities for you to to consider, to think about, to probe, to to go and explore. You're right. That's it. That's it. I mean, it's it's a gatekeeper as well in many ways, Absolutely. Which, uh, which is another important aspect of the role. I mean, I've I've seen with you know the best one in the world, um, you know, people being being brought into organisations in in senior roles. You know, they've they've earned their stripes somewhere else and get get brought into an organisation in a senior position, but then being expected in that senior position to mentor somebody two or three months down the line. Um, I mean, uh, I'm sure in terms of certain aspects of the role um, they've got an awful lot to offer and, and can do but in terms of the sort of bigger organizational type stuff it's great yeah. difficult and they struggled so again it's it's making sure that the relationship that you're setting up um is is able to do what it is you want it to do you know um 
I think it's important that there's an acknowledgement between the two that yes, we can work together and also you're going to be able to provide for me what I need. And actually, you know, healthy organizations, I've seen, you know, mentor being paired with a mentee, they'll have their initial discussion and they'll come back and say, well, no, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Um, you know, and there should be the freedom to do that. And it shouldn't be a difficult thing to then be able to find another mentor. No, I think absolutely right. And, and that's going to resonate with something I talked about in an earlier podcast when we're looking at effective relationships. And the key word or phrase really was about being authentic. And I think that that's fundamental in any relationship, especially the mentor-mentee relationship. It's got to be authentic and all parties have to be authentic in what they do and what they say, because otherwise you can't then have those other elements in terms of trust. And yeah, people are people. And this isn't a criticism. Everybody's different and, and, and people are, are, we are complex creatures. And it's about trying to provide the right spaces and opportunities for us to develop or be developed or to develop each other. And sometimes it just doesn't work. And that's absolutely that's right. That's right. And and I think if you if you set from the outset, you said this, this it's an agreement. It's 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 not it shouldn't be um a hierarchical yeah. relationship as such. It's an agreement between two people where you wanted to provide provide um support for the other, you know, and and it's if it's not going to work from the outset, then there should be the freedom there to be able to say, well, actually, this isn't this isn't going to work. I mean, like the example I gave before, where you know it was just, well, fill this form and sign here, right? Job done, off you go. There's, it's not working. You oh. know, there's no point. You know, the mentor shouldn't shouldn't have been doing what they were doing, and the mentee deserved better. So, you know, there is this you know, issue that that if you've got, like I mentioned before, this sort of multi-strand approach to it you know those sort of those sort of issues that can be nipped in the bud right at the very start yeah no i think that's great i think just touch upon what we talked before i'm a big believer in you know keeping things really really simple and that's not belittling the process absolutely not you know but typically if there's anything more than one side of paper what's the value in it in, in some cases in terms of this mental conversation it's about looking at kind of what we're trying to do and what we're trying to measure and how we're trying to collate and why because for me the more important bit is that the conversation mentoring is happen, happening as opposed to you know, the documentation of that. But again, that's, a, that's probably a different conversation for a different day. But I think what I'm keen to stress here is for listeners to really reflect on what we've talked about here and think well, actually how can this be used in all the different aspects of your role in the college, whatever your role is. And what I mean by that is whether you're a lecturer, you can take aspects of this into your relationship with learners or providing spaces for learners to mentor other learners there as well. You know, So we're not just talking here about manager and, and lecturer or senior lecturer and lecturer all, all these aspects and principles can be taken away and kind of applied in different facets of, of of the college that you work and of the organization that you work in and i don't know what your thoughts are on that gary uh, i i mean i sat here nodding away um because <clears throat> i i absolutely agree i mean we're you know we're addressing here an audience of um people that work in fe uh, and you know there there i know that people work with um you know people of school age um you know i've taught many many <coughs> groups of 14 year olds myself but there you are more likely to encounter adult learners uh, yeah. while you're working in an fe context um and actually you know although you're not going to you know develop a formal mentoring relationship with every student you have it is different it's a different set of um set of what should i call it sort of um, relationship 
um, rules, if you yeah, like, rules. that apply yeah, yeah. when you're rules, te yeah. teaching adults. Uh, I mean, my, my own um, students are all are all full time teachers, head teachers, heads of local authority, education departments, you know, um, members of the military emergency services. These people have got incredible um, agency and professionalism. And, you know, the, 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 the relationships I form with them as my students who are there studying uh, mentoring and leadership and, and things like that um, often reflect um, many of the facets of a, of a mentoring relationship. I have um, sort of tutorials with them where you know that that would look could look very much like um, a mentoring relationship but then also using you know some of the things um, some techniques related to coaching you know so quite often what we have to deal with is sort of contextualizing um, work-based learning assignments and projects um, and I, I, I rarely tell people what they should do, but I'll sit there and I'll use coaching techniques, questioning um, to get people to think about their context environment, um, the assignment criteria and how that fits in with what they're doing. You know, they come to the answers themselves, but the relationship, broadly speaking, you know, is very different to that that, that, that my daughter has with her primary school teacher. Absolutely. You know, so there are definitely aspects of mentoring that come into it. No, I think that's interesting. And just to kind of draw sort of a close, I think, I don't know about your experience, Gary, but for me, the last 10 months has, uh, you know, has, has provided the sector with a lot of different aspects to reflect, to review, to change our ways of working. And I'm just keen to kind of understand, I guess, in the world of mentoring, I guess a shift to remote working or online working, we've talked about the importance of relationships. I guess, what do you feel at this point in time are the opportunities moving forward? in the world of mentoring. So I think I'll kind of start off with, there's been a lot more, um, I'm going to say informal mentoring, online support and, and kind of collaboration of peers, which is fantastic, trying to support each other to survive, to pick on that word you mentioned earlier on, and kind of in the uh -huh. new world. Yeah. Um, but also I think there's, uh, there's a lot of opportunities moving forward as to how we can possibly use technology or not technology to really enhance aspects of mentoring moving forward. I don't know if you have a chance to really kind of think or reflect on this yet or, or kind of what your initial thoughts are. I have, because I can mention, I'm really lucky. I, I work with, you know, um, 30, 40 master's students every year. Uh, and last year, this this whole thing kicked off. Uh, as we know, we went into lockdown in March, yeah. <clears throat> when all my mentoring students had just started their mentoring um, projects and were, were beginning to mentor somebody within their own context. Um, and of course, overnight, they couldn't go in, you know, some people couldn't go into the organizations they were in uh, and also work shifted so dramatically that they 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 were barely able to recognize the work they were doing from the day before yeah. you know pressures changed workloads changed focus <clears throat> changed and um, so those those um relationships initially were, were i guess very much sort of put on hold you know for for a few days um but what the, i thought i was going to have a series of conversations with my with my students saying i can't do this anymore uh, I've got too much to do, but it wasn't. Absolutely every single one of them I had a conversation with came back saying, I can't meet them in person, mm -hmm. but this person needs my support more than ever. What can I do to shift this relationship in an emergency situation um, 
the questions were related to can I change fundamentally what I'm doing and still pass my assignment? It's like, yeah, don't worry about that. We'll get to that bit. What can we do to help these individuals? And what they were doing was coming up with really clever and innovative ways of maintaining some sort of contact. The focus had shifted. The mentee maybe wasn't now so focused on getting a promotion to a principal teacher, but was really needing some help and support on how to develop, um, you know, digital learning or support a group of you know of children with with varying needs at a distance all the wonderful things that teachers have, have, have managed incredibly this last 10 months yeah and that's an unashamed plug and thank you to everyone who's doing it um so there was this initial emergency thing but people were, were were not wanting to abandon it but just change the nature of the support so what i've seen over the last year now is i've got a new cohort of students in who are all now developing these particular um, mentoring relationships um, in lots of different settings within this context yeah. and actually there is an increased um, use of digital technologies now now we all we don't even think twice since we're going to have a meeting you click on zoom or you you know you go on teams or whatever um so there is an increased use of that but also there is an increased use of, of sort of co-mentoring peer mentoring um ideas around co-creation group mentoring all this sort of stuff's coming coming through um so i think ultimately i mean we're very lucky working in education you work, work with incredibly creative um and energetic um, individuals and it's good to see that these new sort of ideas about how things are, are developing are being taken forward I mean that's just an assignment type setting um, but when you look at um, development of mentoring in organizations going forward lots of these things will seed ideas into that which is really heartening to see no I think you're absolutely right I think when talking about kind of our lecturers and teachers both you know in schools and colleges and universities I think a word that kind of we haven't touched upon is, is resilient. You know, incredibly resilient to continue yeah. doing what we're doing within the kind of current circumstances. And, and again, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you know the plug and the kind of the, the gratitude for that. And I think yeah, absolutely moving forward, technology. And again, we're going to talk about this for another you know couple of hours, which we're not going to today. <laughs> but in terms of technology, can really has provided a lot of different opportunities as to how we can potentially enhance the experience of, of, of our lecturers and our students. And I think in the world of mentoring. The, the significant opportunities but again with caution i think that you know we've got to take forward those fundamental principles of, of effective relationship building that we don't just again shift everything online you know when it comes to kind of mentors and mentoring but actually can remove a significant volume of barriers that would potentially inhibit the mentor and mentee being engaged in that process as well so i think that's a really exciting and interesting topic there as well as to how we can potentially use technology to support and enhance this yeah i mean I, you, you've probably got someone lined up that you can you know have a good a good conversation with around the use of technology in in learning um but i mean the, the few sort of short thoughts i've got on it really would be that it's um i don't think we're going to find ourselves in a position you know post in a post vaccine covid world if that's ever going to exist where we're just going to switch off all the teams and, and and zoom meetings and go back to doing what we're doing i don't think that's ever going to happen i think we've had no. this fundamental cultural professional shift lots of things that are happening um need to stop um and we do need to you know um get back to doing lots of the good things we were doing before and i i, I amongst someone else can't wait to do that but actually some of the things we've learned um you know are, are going to be really really useful and we shouldn't abandon those you know you and i briefly prior to this had a conversation about you know the ability to 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 live one place and work somewhere else you know i think some of those 
um, things are going to be really important moving forwards. And I think that's going to be useful for, you know, cross college, cross sector, international collaboration, um, where you'll be able to, you know, have some mentoring from, you know, somebody maybe there's a technical expert in Germany or somebody that's a pedagogy expert in London or, or whatever it might be. You know, we can we can look at how that might develop. And it's quite exciting in that respect. No, I think it's very exciting. You know, I think, you know, the term blue sky thinking is often the, the term I'm going to say overly used in the wrong context. But right now, in, in the terms of kind of reshaping education or kind of looking at how we can take the best bits of, of, of all worlds that we've been in is a real opportunity there. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's, yeah. that's definitely one or two conversations for different days, but I think there's some real opportunities there over the next, I'm not aware now, February, the next six months or so to see, well, how does the shape of the next academic session? You know, and I appreciate the minutes. Yeah. That, that's quite short term, but even longer term, there's some great opportunities, but especially in the world of mentoring as to how we can make the most of that and get the most out of that. So, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think that's fantastic, Gary. You know, thank you very much for your time. There's been some really, really insightful points there. And like I say, I think a word which I'm going to use on the back of this is around that perspective. You know, and around, you know, for me, the purpose around mentoring is to provide a different perspective on an individual's current situation. And I think that this, and I think the fundamental aspects that you talked about there in terms of how we do that effectively, you know, are valued in, in whichever form mentoring is used. So thank you very much and hopefully speak to you again soon, Gary. All right. Thanks very much. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.